Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. There wasn't a lot of separation. You know, they both guys had good camps. They both played well. Both had their down moments. Both had their good moments. Thought it was good overall for both of them. Uh, we just made this decision. We think it's for the best for the team right now moving forward. But we have two good quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that we can win with. And uh, unfortunately, you can't play with two. There's league rules and there's my rules. <laughs> They ain't going anywhere. We're on the same as last year. I don't give a crap if they're vaccinated or not. They ain't going anywhere. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians implementing his own strict COVID protocols after kicker Ryan Suckup, who was vaccinated, tested positive for the virus. Arians told reporters even vaccinated players aren't going to be allowed to leave the team hotel or have family visit the hotel on road trips. He said, for us, life is not normal. Families at the hotel, all those things out the window. Buck's obviously trying to repeat his Super Bowl chance. Well, now we know his political affiliation. Bruce is having none of it. <laughs> They're only there for a night. There's nothing to do. To, there's no visitations to be had. Get in on Saturday, go through stuff, but get up Sunday, play, and then they're gone. Unless it's, uh, you know, on the West Coast, the East Coast, something or other that is an unusual situation. Sometimes if teams have back-to-backs, they'll stay back there. Denver Broncos announced that Teddy Bridgewater will be their starting quarterback. He beat out Drew Locke for the job. You just heard the head coach Vic Fangio said the competition was close. Click, 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 close. Good. I, I love Theodore getting his job. Because? Because I want to say Theodore. Teddy, a.k.a. Theodore Bridgewater. I just don't know how much confidence that gives Bronco fans. Not Vicky. Just said he had two. They can win with both of them. Mm, okay. And you're just questioning the confidence of Bronco fans? Yes, I am. Who are you? The guy who talks to Bronco fans. Now it's a oh, not a scientific a uh, at the survey. There we yeah, go. There we go. They, they think lock blows. Oh my goodness! I so wish, how does I wish you were an introvert and didn't constantly yak with those people at the station. Too bad. <laughs> So if Locke isn't any good and Bridgewater can barely beat him out, what does that mean? Well, I guess if you frame the argument the way you just did, Mm -hmm. it means they suck. Well, that was the conclusion you wanted in the first place, so you framed it to be that way. All of a sudden, I've become the best, biggest Bridgewater fan. And you used to talk to me at Channel 2, but now I went down there the other night. My gosh, security escorted me out. Niners coach Kyle Shanahan remains mum on who will start at quarterback. I've got a pretty good idea, but as you guys can see with everything, I don't know our schedule a couple days from now. So I've always had a pretty good idea, but there are a lot of days between now and then at every position. At least he didn't go to the death card and say, I don't know if anybody will be alive well, Sunday a when the NFL draft Nice follow-up to that. Jimmy Garoppolo expected to be the week one starter. Trey Lance, Nate Sudfeld also on the roster. Jets defensive end Vinnie Curry was diagnosed last month with a rare blood disorder that required the removal of his spleen and triggered complications that will cause him to miss the entire season. He was a starter on the Super Bowl title winning team in 2017, was initially projected to return in the middle of September. Blood clots formed 
forced him to go on blood thinners. No physical contact three to six months. Curry says he intends to play in 2022. He'll try again next year. Did you ever hear of a common blood disorder? It seems like they're always rare. Uh, I think there are common blood disorders. We just nobody says leukemia is. I didn't blood ask disorder. you if you've if they are. I've asked you if you've heard of them. Well, this is not how they describe them, but yes, I've heard of them. But no one says it's a common one. Somebody has leukemia, right? It's like clouds when they're all dark and threatening. They must always be preceded by ominous. True. And disaster. Oh, anytime you use unmitigated, you have to follow it with disaster. An unmitigated disaster. Watering of the lawn. No, it, it, it never <laughs> has. If you use the word unmitigated, the next word is always going to be disaster. Every time. It's like a Q followed by the U. It's got to be. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Jaron Hall is going to start against Arizona. He's had a great camp, and he earned the job. The other guys have played well, and it was a great battle. I've, I've never gone that far into camp, giving everybody equal reps, but I felt like it was warranted in this case, and we did more team 11-on-11 11 11 reps than I've ever done in my career. Jaron earned the job. I told the QBs yesterday, you know, well, actually, we talked about it a week ago. They've sort of known how this was shaping up. This isn't my decision. This was decided on the field by their play. Jaron deserves this opportunity. Still believe in those other guys, but I'm really excited excited to see Jaron play against Arizona. Aaron Roderick, offensive coordinator for BYU. Who made the most explosive plays, PK? Who had the fewest turnovers? Oh, he said Jaron Hall. Yeah, I thought Aaron Roderick really uh, articulated what needed to be t- articulated because he said that. And that that's a you know, that that's like a tangible fact, you know. We're not at practice, but they're they are and they film everything and review it a thousand times over. And so having Aaron Roderick say that, he had the most explosive plays and fewest turnovers. All right, if I'm a BYU fan, even not, but looking at it objectively, and no matter what position or what school is gonna have a quarterback uh, battle, what NFL program, if the O. C. comes out and says that how do you not say, okay, I can see why they made that decision. It makes complete and total sense. And both he and Kalani Sataki, who came on after Jaron Hall, said that they decided, the field decided it. And then I love that. Majerus used to have a line that I don't determine playing time the players do. And, and several coaches have used that over the years. And so I like that. You know, they didn't go into it with... Uh, this I offered this kid a scholarship and you offered that kid a scholarship so I have a favorite here or whatnot. They put it out there and they allowed it to play out and this is the conclusion that we thought it was going to come to and it did come to that but they have some evidence. I like that. Aaron Roderick is a great interview because he'll tell you he's not a cliche guy under any circumstance so he's going to tell you exactly as much as he can as to why he's making these decisions the most explosive plays fewest turnovers who can't get behind that I guess there are other things to know and they're there so you just have to trust him that assumes that the competition is equal that everybody got the same number of well, reps he said they did with the ones and against the ones so he said it's as long as it's gone and he's been coaching yep. over 20 years and for quarterbacks when you're not getting hit how different is the game so when you get to games will players perform at the same level so there's still questions out there but you know to your bigger point that's what people want they want big plays and nobody wants turnovers so if you can win in both those categories, 
you get the shot against Arizona. And I think that he's allowing fans inside a little bit by saying what he says, talking as he's talking. He's letting you know, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're seeing. If I'm a hardcore Cougar fan, I want Aaron Roderick to be interviewed because he's going to spell it out for you. To me, saying what he said yesterday, listening to it when they got on the Zoom at noon, I mean, I knew what the decision was going to be. We all did. But I like how he spelled it out for us, and particularly the fans in the Cougar Club, the people who pay the money to be invested financially in the program. I don't pay a dime to be financially invested. I'm invested because it's part of my – it's a requirement to stay employed, obviously. So, in a sense – it's very important to me because that's how I get my money. And to listen to him speak and tell us why, I really appreciated his, what would you say, candor? Yes, and I think that's very important. You need to underline what you said, throw down a few exclamation points after it. People pay a lot to be as close to and as inside programs, teams, clubs, franchises as possible. That matters a lot. It's an easy thing to say if they win, the fans will come. Well, obviously, winning is the biggest piece of the puzzle. But it's not the only piece. People want to be inside. Those, when you watch a Cowboy game on TV and some players running on or off the field because there's an equipment problem or they've been hurt and they need an x-ray or whatever, you see them run past those fans who are on the ground level in those suites. Those suites do not have a great view of the end zone at the other end of the field. There's big chunks of the game you can't see very well. What they're paying for, and they're paying top dollar – is to see the guys in the tunnel and say, yeah, they can go back to go back to work or in the neighborhood or whatever and, and say, oh, yeah, I saw him. Coming. He was limping really bad. I think that knee, ankle, whatever is really bugging him. People want that little glimpse, that little piece of the story that's behind the scenes that everybody can't see that they weren't getting until that moment. So if coach can give it to them by talking for five minutes, then that's really important to teams financially. This yeah. stuff matters in the long run. It do. USC wide receiver Brew McCoy will not face criminal charges stemming from a felony domestic violence arrest on July 24th. L.A. County District Attorney Office determined it had insufficient evidence to proceed with the case. That's according to a report in the L.A. Times. McCoy remains suspended from all team activities. The school conducts its own review of the allegations, and it is unclear if or when he'll return to the team. We were talking wide receivers right before that. It had to be July 22nd or 23rd. And you brought up Brew McCoy as they've got several guys who are good, but is the guy who could end up having the best season. Now he's obviously got to get on the field for that to happen, but the point is he's a talented guy and a big part of the puzzle that has USC picked to win the South. So what they decide to do with him could be important. Yeah. First year Auburn coach Brian Harson tested positive for COVID-19 last week, remains in isolation, told reporters on Wednesday he's not against people getting vaccinated. Let me be clear, I'm not anti-vaccine, and any narrative along those lines is misinformed, Harson said. However, he's declined to say whether he or has or has not been vaccinated. Seems like the coach not going to practice this time of year would be a little bit of an issue. But apparently he's steering clear. You know, it depends on what his position is. I mean, he's the head coach. Is he coaching a position? How involved is he in the day-to-day minutiae as opposed to coordinators okay. running the game and he's yeah. more CEO-type role? I don't know. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 2-1. 
Ground ball off. Piams kicks to the right. Piams bare hands throws to first in time for the out. Didn't go home with it. And the run scores as Bregman comes home. And the Astros win it in the bottom of the 10th. 6-5. Camarita's 1-2. And the camera's the ball. Deep center field. Forget about it. Gone. Two-run blast. Dodgers back in front. 16th inning, A.J. Pollock, a two-run homer to end a marathon game, 1 a.m. local time, 2 a.m. here. See part of that? How how long were you able to hang with it before you finally gave up? Because I can't imagine you stayed up till 2 a.m. having to do radio this morning. Oh, no, I do what I always do, unless it's playoff. I go to bed at 10 o'clock. Draw the line. Yeah. So it was 1-1. Nobody could get a clutch hit. It just went on and on. Finally... The Dodgers scored twice, but then Fernando Tatis Jr. bounced a home run off the top of the wall and out of the park to tie it and extend the game. And then the home run you just heard in the 16th inning for the win. 13 innings was as long as the game had gone since they started putting runners at second base. This one, three innings longer. Win number 80 for the Dodgers. They won the first two games in the series with the Padres. The Giants won also, turned five double plays while beating the Mets 3-2. to two, So I did watch that game. That game preceded the, well, I was on the baseball network, different networks, but nevertheless, it was earlier, obviously, because they're playing in New York and the others are playing in San Diego. And they were talking about the Giants, first team to 80 wins, and they got 36 games to go. If they go 18-18, and 18, they can still win 100 games. Yeah, somebody tweeted that out. I saw that yesterday. That's awesome, man. Yep. I mean, they're probably not going to go that bad since they've been going. They've been all playing year. at a six fifty. And it was so. the Mets announcers when they do the baseball network. I think they have their own broadcast, but I think that's like on Thursdays or something. So they pick up local. Yeah. Feeds. So it's Ron Darling and whoever the other guy is, and Darling, a longtime Mets pitcher, and they were talking about man, everything that could go right for the Giants this year has gone right. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that they have, they have found so many ways to win games. Good for them. Pinch hit homers, five double plays, whatever it takes. Dodgers just picked up win number 80. They'd be the uh, second team in baseball. Tampa Bay sitting on 79. They're almost there. So Dodgers stay two and a half back as both the Dodgers and the Giants win. Baltimore, that massive 19-game losing streak is over. They beat the Angels 10-6. Get the monkey off the back, even though you're going nowhere. Got the worst record. Worst record in Major League Baseball, at least the 19-game losing streak. Well, hey, man, we still got a chance to catch him. You could. Diamondbacks sitting on 43 wins right now, and the Rangers on 44. But the Orioles at 39. It was a clutch losing streak by the Orioles in the, the race for the number one pick. It's going to be a good race down the stretch, I think. <laughs> I don't know that it matters, you know, baseball, because they, they don't always go the talented guy. They sometimes go the most signable, signable guy. Signable guy, right? So, if you draft a talented guy and then he goes plays college baseball, what good did that draft pick do you? Or maybe just goes into the theater and doesn't play ball at all. Seems like a rare story. Do you have somebody in mind? The theater? Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, come on. Plenty of guys. They get an opportunity to come out of the Dominican? No, they say they'd rather go into the theater. Look it up. Mets star pitcher Jacob DeGrom played catch at City Field Wednesday, and MRI showed improvement in his forearm tightness yeah. that landed him on the I.L. July 7th. And what was cool is they filmed it because he was playing catch with his dad. And he asked him. Dad? Want to have a catch? Yeah. 
And so Dad came down, was a little teary-eyed. With Kevin Costner's voice kind of breaking. And then they were, they were along the right field line, and they just had a game of catch. Well, That's what this is about. It has nothing to do with him returning. It's a very dramatic moment. They want to follow up on all the momentum they got from the Field of Dreams game. 12-year-old Gavin Weir, star pitcher for Sioux Falls, South Dakota Little League team, threw his fourth no-hitter of the tournament, extending back to the regionals, leading his team to the semifinals in Williamsport with a 1-0 win over Torrance, California, your old stomping grounds, Torrance. Sure. Struck out 14. Struck out 114 batters in the tournament. One hit, six walks. Taking a peer into the future in four years, the new story... 16-year-old Gavin Weir has undergone Tommy John surgery. <laughs> think he can hold it that off. Was my I think he can hold it off that long, huh? Well, they don't really don't do it until then. I don't think they do it earlier than 16. The Bees open a series in Tacoma against the Rainiers. 8 o'clock tonight. Steve Klauke with the call. Pre-game starts at 7.50 here on the Zone Sports Network. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Frank Dolce, our Utah football insider, coming up at 8 o'clock. Kalen Hall, former BYU running back, father of BYU starting quarterback Jaron Hall, coming up at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show the Big show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bolajak. As you examine what the Jazz are now, what is your perception of what the weakness might be for this club? Weakness, probably the young type of shutdown defender. Nothing against Royce, but he's been put in some difficult situations still defending some of the best players in the NBA, and he's done a yeoman's job. But maybe does Jared Butler have that in him a little bigger? Does Pascal have that? I'm not sure. Haven't seen enough of him in this system, mind you. And how much does Rudy Gay have? Left. You know, again, not sure. We're going to find out together. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. They're getting down to the final few. Who are the best college football players in the state of Utah? Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on the Zone Sports Network. So quarterbacks getting named, PK. Who's good to go with them? Y'all. Who signs off? The Cougars? It's Jaron Hall. The Utes? The Two Deep is released later today. Can you sense the anticipation? No. No. <laughs> I don't care who it is. <laughs> You're not boys with anybody or anybody's family? No. I mean, they're going to pick somebody. I hope he does well, but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have any. I would think that's the way most fans are, too. They're interested in knowing, but they don't care unless you have a direct connection. right? If you're a fan of whatever fill-in-the-blank, you don't care who plays. You just want the best players to play to give you the best chance to win. But who it is is immaterial to you. I mean, if you have a personal connection, I understand that. But otherwise, 
what difference does it make? Especially now, if we get into three or four or five games and we've seen both guys play and you, everybody plays armchair quarterback or Monday morning quarterback, however you phrase it, and so you may like uh, this guy or that guy. We've all done that. I think they should go in this direction or that direction. Uh, you know, I understand that. But for right now, since we, we've never seen either one of them throw a pass in a Utah uniform, that mattered. I mean, Cam Rising just got a couple of series. That wasn't nearly enough. No, you don't make any judgments on that. Couldn't get a read off of that. After, and last year, where who knows who was practicing from day to day, and you could practice for a day and then not practice for a week with all that stuff going on. So th- throw that out the window. Uh, you have to feel good about the prior spring, and that's where Rising took a big step. Before, uh, well, they didn't even have spring then, so I didn't know that's not true either. Uh, it was in their little training camp thing that they had. So whoever it is, if I'm a Ute fan, I don't care. I just want the guy who can get the ball into the end zone the most. That's all that matters. I mean, expectations are high. Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy yes, has them playing did. in a Rose Bowl. Hello. Yeah. A Rose Bowl, man. So expectations literally have never been higher. I think in 19, they were very high, but I don't know if they were higher. It might be as high, people right. expect them. But, but since when have they been picked to go to the playoff? I don't think ever. Playoff? There's like seven or eight teams tops that get picked. And we know who they all are. And seven is probably stretching it. Uh, so they're not picked to go to the playoff. Maybe they can work themselves in. Seven was stretching it. I'm at six. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't go through my mind. I just picked a number randomly. Uh, so... Uh, I guess seven would be if somebody other than uh, Alabama or Georgia is supposed to win the oh LSU win the SEC yeah Auburn. if uh, LSU or Auburn would be would be Florida. seven eight nine yeah the usual suspects there well, the, the second tier it's guys. Alabama and Clemson it's Ohio State yeah. and Oklahoma then you got to put in Notre Dame and Georgia mm, I would debate Notre Dame but uh, Georgia's on the periphery. I don't. I really don't know that you pick anybody else though. Outside of those four, they ought to just have their annual uh, tournament. Like you know, they used to play the Big Five in Philly in basketball. You knew the teams every year that were inside the city. Uh, that's what the playoff has become. We know the teams. Just go through this dog and pony show until we get there. Uh, for the rest of us, Utah, you're playing for the Rose Bowl. <laughs> And a lot of folks think that they've got – they certainly have an excellent chance right now anyway. And people think that they uh, should be the favorite to get in there, particularly if Oregon – because the way it plays out, if, if, it's, if it so happens to be Oregon or maybe Washington on the other side gets into the playoff, then you move up. So uh, that's how that works. I don't know that McMurphy's picking them. In fact, I don't think he is. I think he's picking them uh, to lose in the conference final with Oregon to go. I'd have to double-check that. Uh, possibly get into the playoff. But uh, nevertheless, if you're picked to go to the Rose Bowl, you're going to have a great season, and especially because you've never been there. You're going to win a lot of games, and you yeah. got to win some big games. Oh, of course, yeah. also, he'd have them you know, losing the conference title game for the third time in four years. Mm. Still a great year. Yeah. But that would yeah. frustrate you fans, you uh, know. In the moment, it would. Yes. I think they were frustrated the first time because they didn't have their weapons. The second time, they got smoked. And that was something that we didn't foresee. And Herbert and Verdell and those guys and Thibodeau on the defensive side as a freshman just ate those guys alive. And that was a surprise to us all that uh, they got handed. The margin of defeat was very much a surprise 
So, um, but it, it's, I get the frustration in the moment and the fact you got smoked by Oregon wasn't a good look, but you still had a really good season. I throw out the bowl game. Uh, th- those things, I know they, they sort of count now. I mean, you put all your eggs in the basket of trying to do this and you don't do that and it ends up being deflating and you go down And then how many guys don't play based on what's going to happen in the draft? uh, Yeah, and they were flat as can be in that second half. Uh, Well, virtually the whole game against uh, uh, Texas, but the year before, the second half against Northwestern. uh, All right, they lost, so be it. Uh, Everybody's looking to get out of there anyway. Uh, but if they get to that f- that far, and and to me, you you basically you won the South three years in a row. Uh, they probably weren't going to win the South if they played a full schedule last year. So three out of four, same assuming they played it because they needed they needed some time to reload. You can't send send that many guys to the, off to the NFL and expect to just go eight and one again if they did then that would have been incredible so it probably wasn't going to happen so if they win it this year three out of four then you've established yourself as the premier team in the south even if you lose that conference title game i understand that be frustrating in the moment but you know we're getting way ahead of ourselves just winning the south but the point being they have high expectations and i don't care who is the quarterback if i'm Ute season ticket holder or watch it on all the games on the television i want who they think is the best of the three or four quarterbacks they have on scholarship. And the good thing about it is you got Andy Ludwig having a significant factor in the decision, and this guy is a big-time veteran. What he said, I think he's been doing this like 34 years, and he has coordinated all sorts of offenses from wide open to Wisconsin, run the ball all the time with those big cornbread dudes they've got up front. And then Wisconsin always has 1,000-yard rushers, if not 1,500-yard rushers. We know how Wisconsin is with their football. And so he's done that. He's done all sorts of offenses. And so if he's making a decision, I'm confident they're choosing the right guy. And Brewer's got all this street cred from probably 9,000 yards, right? It's like etched in my mind. <laughs> How many times have we read yeah. that? <laughs> yes. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't even know RG3 stats, but I know Charlie B's stats because <laughs> we keep hearing about it. So it's time to get going here. And it's an exciting time for them. So they'll come out this morning. They're supposed to, I guess they're going to email is what they normally do. And Kyle likes to play the cat and mouse game. He picked Thursday. So, like, once he makes a statement, you got to stay with that. Like, we're Thursday. not going to be reactive. Did you love that? I loved it when yeah. he said that. Thursday is the day. It's like it's some magical day. It's the eleventh commandment. We do what we do, and we never change. But yeah. you, clo- you close practices for BYU game. You do change. Okay, but now that, that was at the that time. was then. Now he's closing everything, so now it's good. But no, but see what he would say is the yeah. But we always do that. We always close up for the BYU game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. would be his response. And that right. was when it be. was at the end, when they were in the same conference. Yeah, it's different now. So now everything's closed, so it doesn't matter. You can't get a peek of anything. Uh, they, I mean, they've shut it down completely. Uh, the good thing is they haven't shut down any interviews, as far as that goes. If you want to go up and interview whomever, although the other day they, wouldn't, they didn't have any of the quarterbacks available, which I thought was silly, too. I mean... It's football. It's Weber State. But well, what's the point? You know what? That's a sign of that their program has 
elevated to the point where they could play cat and mouse with media and media will still show up instead of saying, screw it. Yeah. Whereas in days gone by, years gone by, come into the film room. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It, yes. Show up. We'll, we want you here. We'll go pick you up and bring you. I mean, I mean I'm exaggerating. I had to set it up. It isn't something you can do casually. You can't just show up. But I had to set it up. But when Kyle was in his uh, first or second year, I think it was his first year, he, um, I, I set it up and got to watch film with him for a story. I don't know. I think I got like 30 or 60 minutes or something. Oh, yeah. And he took shots at me at that because I heard about that. He took shots at you? Mm-hmm. No, really? Yeah. I remember him taking shots at, um, he was upset with Michael C. Lewis that day. That's what sticks with me. No. Well, that's, of that's the, not shots. Because of the. Um, that's anger. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because playful of the shots he took at me because I heard about it. Oh, the backhoe. Into the middle of the field. Uh, so, but now it's a sign that their program, I don't want to say doesn't need the media, but they can play these games. And especially now when you got the dot comers and most of them are hardcore fans of the program. So they just want to be there because they're fans. Uh, I don't know how much Yach would know if any of them actually make a living doing this, but you see them there and, and they're, a lot of them have other jobs. And so they're going to be there because they just. They're fans of the program, and they want to be there. And good for them. They've got their place. I don't have any problem with them. They're they're nice people, and they do they do good work. Uh, and then the regular media now, if he says we're going to have have media availability, where we'll announce the quarterback at two a.m., everyone's going to show up. Well, back when, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a sign of respect for their program. I think that they how much they advance and you can make an argument man that just a very few programs have advanced as far as the University of Utah to where they were and where they are I mean everybody's got to get there at some point it's just that like for BYU got there but it seemed like it's you know that was 40 years ago it's so far 50 years in the ago. past yeah. that it doesn't even count uh, whereas Utah is more recent where they in were and where time, they are. In that time span, you would look at how Boise State is advanced in this part of the country, TCU and Louisville and other parts of the country. But everybody has their era where they went to, where they raised their profile dramatically. Miami and Florida State were doing it kind of in the same era BYU is doing it. All right, you hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. I don't think anybody out there, I haven't heard, and I haven't walked through Channel 2, so I can't get the entire pulse of the people ah! to be able to make this statement, but I haven't really heard anybody say, oh, they should start Romney or Rising. They McKay have- Star posted on our Facebook page, I wanted Romney a quarterback. Troy says Hall is prone to getting hurt. I hope he does not get hurt. Identify him as the starter, as the best guy, get everyone's hopes up, and then he gets hurt. Is he prone to get hurt because he had it two years ago twice? Does that make him injury prone? In most people's eyes, yes. See, I disagree on that. The number of injuries per snaps in his college career. Because both of them were concussions, right? Yeah, and so, I, well, I asked Aaron about that yesterday on that press conference, and he said that this he, he felt like it was more of an exception what he suffered. You're right. Than, See, injury prone was Luke Staley. Oh, yeah. You're going to get tackled. In football, 
if you're a ball carrier. Ankle, knee, hip. Right. So I would be far more concerned about those things. Luke Staley was the best running back I've ever seen in this state. But he had injury issues. Here, it sounds simple enough, but don't get hit in the head. You're going to get tackled. Jaron Hall will be tackled. He'll be tackled against Arizona. I'd be more concerned about from the neck down if that were the issues where he kept having the, like Taysom Hill never got hit in the head, right? Is a foot the knee, and then the foot in Nebraska, right? Wasn't it a yeah. foot, right? So it's all those things where you're where you're doing football plays. Every time. And Nebraska was really bad because he was just running. It yeah. wasn't even contact. Against Utah State, when he tweaked something, then it was contact. Right. He got hit. That's a football play. Guys don't always get hit in the head. It happens sometimes. Yeah, I but mean, that Justin was, Fields got his head took off the other day. <laughs> that was a violent... His helmet flew. Yeah, Whenever I mean, you gosh, say a football man. player getting hit in the head, I'm always going to think of Travis Wilson at Michigan. That yeah. too. Yeah. That was well, when he went and flew. Yeah, when he flew and then he landed on his well, face and yeah, skidded. As was, he said, that was not the wisest decision. <laughs> he was trying to make a play. He was. Uh, so, I'd be more concerned about the lower portion because that's that's a common occurrence that's going to happen. You can complete a hundred yard touchdown pass and still have that happen. So, the concussions <laughs> are nothing to just look the other way by any stretch. But it seems like maybe that's not as common a play as opposed to just simply getting tackled, pushed out of bounds, whatever. You know, and the thing you got to worry about for quarterbacks, you see sometimes an offensive line rolls up on him, you know, where he's looking, his eyes are downfield, yep, and somebody, somebody falls, falls and, into him. Yeah, and then that, that's always, those things always suck because, you know, friendly fire hits you that way, and that just remains to be seen. Obviously, I don't want the kid to get injured at all. But I don't know that I would call him injury-prone yet. Eldon speaks for a lot of people when he says, get on with it already. I'm ready for kickoff. Oh, kickoff you're talking about? Yeah, when he says get on with it already, I think he's, he wants a game. Let's go. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, what does a championship meal look like, PK? Where do you go? What do you eat? We will get to that next, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Dan Walken from USA Today. They announced this big alliance. Doesn't seem like it's much in terms of scheduling and all this other stuff that they paraded out yesterday. They're trying to stand together to shape what happens with the college football playoff. There's a lot of reasons for these leagues to do that, especially the Pac-12. Look, if I were them, I would have just put out a press release that said, hey, listen, we are working together to address NCAA governance and the college football playoff where our interests are aligned, and I would have just left it at that. Uh, But when they tout a historic announcement, well, what's historic about it? And the reality is nothing. And really, they're going to work together to make sure that the college football playoff is tilted toward their interests and not the SEC's. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Reminding you, Friday we'll be joined by a men's health expert from the University of Utah Health discussing Peyronie's disease, a surprisingly common disorder affecting men. Special thanks to U of U Health for joining us Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. So in the world of golf, the big story is Tony Finau breaks through, wins a tournament, 
first time in five years. He's going to play in the Ryder Cup. Might be setting himself up for a massive payday here at the end of the playoff. He is in good shape here with a couple tournaments to go. We'll see if he hits the $10 million bonus jackpot or not. How do you celebrate such a massive win, PK? Meal at Ruth Chris? I can see that happening. But then, Tony, in his media availability, says, followed it up at 3 a.m., with a trip to Mickey D's. Oof. And another, I don't know what that turned out to be, two, 3,000 calories? Well, I think he said he had a quarter pounder and a Big Mac. Yes. Big Mac double quarter pounder with cheese, 10 McNuggets, a large fry, an Oreo McFlurry, oh, he had water, though. and a bottle of water. Oh, so. so no Coke, but you know. So he gets out at 3 a.m., and at 8 a.m. he's at the course. He goes to sleep at 5 a.m., wakes up at 8, and flies to Maryland for the next tournament. Yeah, you wonder how he's going to do. There's a lot of celebrating, obviously. Uh, but And he talked about his choice of uh, food there. Ruth Chris is a high-end deal, so you get that. Uh, but him and Summer Hayes, who was with him, I guess, they couldn't sleep, so they went to McDonald's at 3 a.m. <laughs> well, he's actually very strict on his diet. That's what he said. They're very regimented, and you look at him, and he's very lean and athletic-looking, obviously. Uh, so, obviously, he has to be that way. Uh, and those guys, you know, they, they work out a lot. I had the opportunity to watch a VJ Singh work out once at, uh, in a hotel. We were, we were in Vegas. And I got up way early like I normally do. I was down there at 7 a.m. in the workout room. And VJ and his trainer were in there. It was just three of us. The guy kept looking at me, like, sending off a vibe. Don't you dare come over. <laughs> we're working. Stay away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, all I would do is just say hello anyway. Hey, you know, I'm not going to engage him in conversation. conversation. <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you think about my swing? <laughs> just pantomiming my golf swing. <laughs> I think it sucks. You're an amateur. <laughs> Because VJ was into it, but the trainer kept looking at me. <laughs> like, I, I, he must have known, okay, I know. Plus, it's in Vegas. It's at that uh, JW Marriott on the west side in Summerlin. That's where they play the tournament. And I've seen, we used to go down for a Jimmy Buffett concert. He'd always play the last couple of us Saturdays in October. And I went like 10 years in a row to go to that show. We figured, why not? We enjoyed it. It became a thing where we were doing it every year. So and it was the same time as the tournament. So I had seen a bunch of guys uh, from the PGA tournament there over the years. Brant Snedeker and I were checking our cars in at the same time. So, uh, but they, so they do work out, and I'm sure Tony obviously works out. And then, and I, the thing that was interesting to me is the th- stuff that they were working on were, was clearly designed to improve your golf game Every, everything you, just the way the way they were exercising and stuff you could tell that they were all designed best for golfers so uh tony splurges at 3 a.m i think at 3 a.m i'm probably getting breakfast burritos i think i've already graduated to the next day i don't know that i'm getting burgers from the prior day <laughs> i'm going the next day so i'm looking ahead so i get breakfast food at that, at that time of morning. I don't know that I could eat that type of food. When I started doing radio at the student radio station, there I was a freshman, and there was a, uh, 
uh, I was the sports trivia expert on this show, movies and music and all kinds of pop culture stuff. So you're an expert again? Because yeah, you told us you were an expert at lip reading. I, first, now you're an expert at this? The first two weeks. Wow. The first two weeks in the dorms. <laughs> trivia I won, and lip reading. I won, all right. the, I won all the prizes, and that's when Dan Kerman said, why don't you come down and just be the sports guy? I'm not an expert in anything. You just called that's yourself true. an expert. That's true, actually. You are an expert. That's you not just true, called yourself an expert. Yeah. So <laughs> after the show, if you would let me get to the point. We would go to Caro's, and we were literally we were texting about it yesterday. And a lot of guys, like Dan, would always get the club sandwich. He would do yesterday's meal like a bonus dinner. I'm with you. The show was midnight to two, and at two twenty, we'd be at Caro's, and it'd be the uh, French toast or pancakes with the scrambled eggs. I'm into breakfast for the next day. Breakfast food is the best. I love breakfast food. Food is food. Hit it. You hear scrambled eggs. You're Let's a go. Food guy. You put out. <laughs> you're going to Nebraska. Any good places to eat? Yeah. I would never think to do that. Mm. Good place. If, if food is food. <laughs> My father-in-law says that all the time. <laughs> food is food. Hey, do you want this? Do you want that? Food is food. <laughs> he doesn't care. I never got into food. There you go. It. The only food that I would get into in a celebratory manner, and I can't do it anymore because my mother's gone, was her Italian food, which was the best in the biz. It was really, really good. I tell the story of my sister's 50th birthday party. I had a surprise party for her. I was so sneaky. Closed on a Saturday. Called her in the morning. Of course, he can't be here, but yeah. he made the call. He made yeah. the effort. And yes. then they just put it out of their minds. So right. when you show up, right. stop fries. <laughs> I'm the man. Look at what I did. I know. It was really <laughs> awesome by me. <laughs> You're an expert. <laughs> I don't know that I went down for the party. I think I went down for another reason. And I can't remember. I think it was they had, they used to have more than one. Now they just have the Chicago pre draft camp. And they had one over at... Uh, yeah, they had one in Phoenix. At ZASU. And I think that's what it was for. And so it started so like on Monday. Me. And they had the surprise party with her uh, on the Saturday. And, and I flew down with Phil Mickelson's mother-in-law, Renee. She lived around the corner. I got to know her well before, uh, before she uh, moved to Was she Saturday flying around. with the grandkids? Because then it would have been... No. Renee and the kids? See? No, actually, they lived in Phoenix then. She was going to see... They have, they've since moved a couple times, but he lived in the Phoenix area at the time. So she was going down to see. Renee was going down to see the kids, uh, actually the grandkids. So uh, and and I can remember we had, she had my my sister is a big wig in a school district and had tons of people there. And I can remember them saying, I remember this one guy saying, "This is as good as any Italian food I've ever had." <laughs> so that's what I would do if I had to go steak in town. Ruby River. I haven't been to Ruby River in a while. Me either. Yeah. I like going there. That was the one place. on 7th down by where have we been, used to work? Have you been to Ruby? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Absolutely. 700 East and uh, 3rd, 4th, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Have I been to Ruth Chris? Have you been to Ruth Chris? Uh, a couple of times. They have one in Park City uh, at the golf course. Yeah. I haven't been to that one. I've been to the one downtown. And then the downtown, uh, the yeah. other hatch had us uh, there for a big Christmas dinner, didn't Yeah. It? All of so. us. Everybody who was on the on our staff at that time, we're going back many years, and we all went. So the one that's downtown, yes, that, yeah. that time. So I've been twice. 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Frank Dolce, Utah insider, former Utah quarterback, is going to join us next. Kalen Hall, former BYU running back, father of Jaron Hall, who just won the starting quarterback job, joins us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.